Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, and we're excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. Okay, so this is a trailer for uh, our podcast that'll start coming out next week and October 5th. Um, Our episodes will be every week on Tuesdays, and we're choosing October 5th because it's the 21st anniversary of the show, somehow. (laughs) A very special holiday, if you were not aware. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully it'll also be feeling like fall outside and we, as we all know Gilmore Girls is a fall show. Right it's the perfect time to go back to Stars Hollow and to make it a special first episode of the podcast. It will be a mega episode uh, with two episodes so we're gonna recap episodes one and two of season one. <laughs> and after that we'll just be doing one episode per podcast episode um but I think yeah I think doing two for the first round will be give us plenty to talk about I'm sure yeah it will help us just get into things get the hang of recapping introduce all of our segments to all of you we've had a lot of fun creating them and we think we'll have really unique and creative ways to analyze the show as we're recapping it uh but on that topic as we're talking about recapping Uh, You might be wondering, why are we starting a Gilmore Girls (laughs) podcast at all? Suzanne, do you have any thoughts? You were the one, you know, in our text message chain, you suddenly said, wouldn't it be fun if we started a Gilmore Girls podcast? What was running through your mind (laughs) when you asked that? I think we, I mean, we have always had office conversations about Gilmore Girls and we both have a bit of an obsession with Gilmore Girls, and it was coming up on fall. It was almost my time for my annual rewatch, and I don't know. I've always also kind of wanted to do a podcast, even though I hate the sound of my own voice. Who doesn't? <laughs> so I thought, yeah, I thought, like, we have interesting conversations, and I feel like we could, we have interesting and unique points of view, so why not go for it? Yes, I know, why not share the annual fall rewatch tradition with the world, or at least our whatever ends up being our small audience? <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. And I can't, like, planning now, I just can't really fathom how, how it's going to be by the time we get to the recapping the reboots after season seven is finished and, like, the the crazy journey that we might go on (laughs) yeah I'm excited you know right and we talked about starting a rewatch like uh we had said an appropriate time to re-watch Gilmore Girls is when it's like a crisp fall day I think we had said maybe like Mm -hmm. 50 degrees Fahrenheit outside 
uh, in our Midwestern climate for us. And then the second we decided to start a podcast, we realized, oh, we're going to have to do a lot of prep on like 88 degree humid days. Yeah. Um, and then looking forward, who knows how long we'll be doing this, probably a while if it goes as we plan it to. So we're going to be like recapping on winter days, summer, any, you name it, it will be the year in the life, you know, revival will have all the seasons in there. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Maybe we'll have snow on the day that Lorelai first smells snow. It'll be like our version of like a white Christmas, you know, for any Christians out there who love to have snow on (laughs) Christmas day or Christmas Eve. white white Gilmore Girls episode. Mm -hmm. Gosh, that also sounded a little bit sketchy. <laughs> well, the whiteness of Gilmore Girls is something we'll be discussing, as well as the snow. Yeah. So, <laughs> multiple meanings. Very true. We, um, if you don't know, well, we haven't introduced ourselves yet, but we do a lot of literary studies. So, we'll be finding multiple meanings, symbolism, metaphor, all that kind of stuff in the show. <laughs> and we'll be critiquing things mm-hmm. because Gilmore Girls is now 21 years old. And a lot has changed in the past 20 years, Um, so I'm pretty excited to, like, obviously we love this show, but there are definitely things that we need to critique about it and to kind of, you know, explain why why that wasn't okay in 2000, but it was still on TV. It's definitely not okay now, Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about all the nuances and everything for characters and situations and stuff. Right. Like, it's just as important to us to express our love and admiration for the show as it is for us to explore and critique it, complicate it. But, yeah, we should give you a sense of who we are as your Mm -hmm. hosts, 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 (laughs) that's hard to say, as the co-hosts of Talking Fast you know, who we are is important. As we mentioned, we'll have our own unique perspectives that we're bringing. So let's take a second to introduce ourselves. Suzanne, would you like to go first? Sure. I am Suzanne, uh, as Alexis just called, you might have guessed. And I am a graduate student right now. I work with medieval literature. So it's a, a little bit different from Gilmore Girls, except for that one episode, the Bracebridge Dinner, which I'll have plenty to say, because I mostly study Old English literature and Old Norse literature, and in that episode, they attempt to call what they're doing Old English, but it's most definitely Shakespearean, if that. <laughs> See, the critique so, is starting early on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do love that episode, though. So that's, yeah, that's where I come from as far as a scholarly background. I also, you know, have a bachelor's in English and my PhD is in the English department. So I have a critical eye, just like um, any English major you'd expect. Mm -hmm. Um, What about you, Alexis? What do you do? I am also a graduate student at the same school. That's how Suzanne and I know each other. Why did I decide to go to grad school is something I was thinking about (laughs) when I was writing notes for an introduction. When I was in undergrad, I decided to go to grad school because I love like that my classes, I was an English major, and my classes are basically like 
intense book clubs. Like you have a lot of outside reading. You have to prepare in a way that you might not for a casual book club. But I love that. Like I love to read, but what I love the most is talking about it with other people and things become so much more meaningful to me that way. So I think that's one reason I'm excited to do the podcast is that I have fun watching Gilmore Girls on my own, but it it becomes so much more to me when I talk to Suzanne about it. And I'm like optimistic that it's going to be that magnet, like even magnified or multiplied when we have hopefully listeners as well, like talking to us about it. But I, um, to give a little more context, I am a lot later than Suzanne. I study (laughs) um, American literature uh, around the turn of the century. So that's the 19th into the 20th century. I align a little bit more with what Rory reads and what she mentions at different points throughout the show. Although her English major seems to be like going for journalism or political science in a way, at least early on. And I am not a journalist or anything like that. But uh, that's why I really identified with Rory as a young kid. I was such a book nerd. I'm sure you can probably relate that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's kind of, it It becomes harder later on than when, um, not to get too ahead, but when critiques of Rory start to become a popular thing, and they're coming from me too, um, that's a character that I used to like insert my own worldview into a little bit. So it's become complicated since I first started watching. So we should also probably talk a little bit about how our relationship with Gilmore Girls started. Do you have like a first memory of Gilmore Girls or how do you how did that whole obsession with Gilmore Girls begin for you? That's a great question. I began my relationship with Gilmore Girls watching reruns actually. So I never watched Gilmore Girls when it was airing originally on the WB, I think it was. I have no memory of that network existing. (laughs) This dates me on how young I am, maybe. I watched on, well, it's called Freeform now, but it was ABC Family at the time. They played reruns around the afternoon time when I would get home from school around like junior high years. So I would go and watch and I could sometimes get like consecutive chunks of episodes because they played them in chronological order, of course, but I was never able to just completely watch from the beginning until the ending. But I remember I really liked to like get off the bus and walk home really quickly to get there in time to watch them basically and then just be on the couch in my living room, really enjoying the show. And one, I would be so frustrated if I would miss an episode and then I was so thrown off um, about like what was happening. So it wasn't until it was on Netflix streaming that I could watch it completely through. And that was like a fantastic experience for me. But what was an early, your first memory of Gilmore Girls, Gilmore <coughs> Girls for you? I, my first memory of Gilmore Girls, I think I was like 15 or 16 And my parents had pretty strict TV rules in our house, although by that point they were starting to loosen up a little bit because we were all getting older. And I remember, so this was probably like 2005 or six, so it would have been, yeah, I guess season six, probably. And I remember turning the show on, I think it was a new episode, and I watched a little bit of it, and then my dad made me turn it off. (laughs) 
His explanation was that people don't talk like that in real life. I'm assuming he was referring to how fast they talk, which, I mean, in my case, it's definitely true. I don't talk that fast. But my theory has always been that he actually had the hots for Lorelai and just felt a little bit awkward about that. <laughs> but after that, I didn't watch Gilmore Girls probably until... Actually, I think it's been... It was maybe six years ago or something. I was living abroad, but I had gotten Netflix, so I had, like, a VPN so I could watch the American Netflix. Ooh la la. And Gilmore Girls <laughs> came on. I know. And Gilmore Girls came on streaming. And I was, like, feeling a bit homesick at the time, so I just started watching. And it's kind of a quintessentially American show also. Like, mm-hmm. I grew up in the Southwest, so the envir- like, environment was quite different, but all the cultural reference points and everything. And so I like watched all the way through. And ever since then, I've watched it all the way through every year. <laughs> um, and then, you know, a couple years ago, we got that reboot. Or maybe it was four years ago. I don't know. A while. I, I looked it up. It's 2016, I think, the revival oh. came out. And so I'm guessing a year or so before that is when it probably came out on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's in, I never really considered if I can if I thought of Gilmore Girls as an like American kind of culture heavy show, but I really mm-hmm. follow what you said about like <laughs> even though I'm also not from New England, especially as like what I American literature often prioritizes like a bunch of writers from New England and like Puritans, for example. Um, So it's like, I think we're often used to when we think about like the US, sometimes the dominant thread in that is New England. And but I think a totally different thing too, is just all of the pop culture references they make, like we could make a reference guide to Gilmore Girls and probably make some good money just like unpacking every single reference they make. It's very like of the pop culture, I feel like of when the show was airing in the U.S., which is why some of it does completely go over my head because I was younger, like, in the 2000s and not totally, like, hip in the way that they were. But then it also dates the show a lot, too, when we watch it 21 years later. And that was something the revival, I think, was trying to get into, like, how to update everything that they're referring to throughout the show now that it was so much more recent, but... Yeah, that's so true. Although, I definitely understand, strangely, I understand the references from the original show better now than I did before. I think because I, like, when I was a teenager, I grew up in a small town, so I didn't really have that much exposure. The internet wasn't really that much of a thing yet. So, I like, now I understand a lot of the people that they're talking about and stuff that before I was just like they're making a reference but I have no idea who this person is like I think in the first episode they reference RuPaul and when I was 16 I had no idea who that was obviously now I do (laughs) so yeah it's Mm a an interesting yeah way to watch something that's dated but also still very relevant in some ways Mm mm-hmm you mentioned you had a different understanding of the show when you would watch it later on. 
like I was thinking about this what changed for you like when you were first watching it um then maybe like your first watch through your first complete watch through and then your ensuing ones like did your relationship with the show change at all I in a way I think like it was still the same general feeling of it being kind of comforting because the first time I watched all the way through it was comforting for me to watch something so so American I guess which I mean I have plenty of critiques about America but still it's the culture I grew up in right when you're homesick you're homesick right (laughs) yeah exactly and since then I feel like it's become a nostalgic thing for me and it's even a nostalgic thing for like kind of the simplicity of my youth you know um, I mean, they don't really have phones or anything like that. It's just life seems a bit more simple despite all of their romantic entanglements. And it's cozy. Yeah, it's just kind of a nostalgic comfort thing. I also watch it every fall because it's the beginning of a new semester and I'm always super stressed at the beginning of a new school year. And watching Gilmore Girls is like, I know what's going to happen. I know what to expect. I still enjoy it and it's still funny, but it's, yeah, comforting in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe in some ways when we watch Gilmore Girls, we're trans- transported to like a Luke Diner, Luke's Diner <laughs> environment with like a sign is suddenly up like about no phones, no Wi-Fi. Maybe that's one of the more disorienting components of the revival then is that Luke's mm-hmm. has allowed Wi-Fi. Perhaps that was a something that should not have ever been allowed to happen. <laughs> yeah. Though I do love in the revival how he refuses to give out the password for it. That that cracks me up until Jess comes along, of course. Yeah. <sighs> I Oh, is that something we should mention before we go further? Just so that people know what they're getting themselves into. Are you team Dean, team Jess, or team Luke? And I I realize that's a very kind of misogynistic type mm. of question but it's, st- it's still important <laughs> i know if we're this far along in the episode i'm sure anyone listening is just dying to know where each of us falls on this <laughs> debate and i'm not sure if it's cliche or as you said a little sexist to just whatever but it's still fun it's still fun to talk about uh, <laughs> uh so this actually helps me talk about a bit how my view toward the show changed and it shifted over time. I watch, When I was watching in like junior high and just kept catching episodes here and there, I definitely was team Jess and I still have a lot of affinity for Jess because like he's a bad boy who reads books mm-hmm. and I can't tell you how cool that is to me <laughs> as a book nerd myself. Uh, then... When I rewatched, my first time I ever did a whole rewatch, I was in undergrad, in college, and I mean, I might, I'm a little ashamed to admit it on, on the microphone, <laughs> but I am sort of, I would say I'm team Logan now, which I know, I hope, I hope nobody doesn't, you know, stop listening right now after I said that. Uh, I'm totally aware he's like an entitled, privileged asshole uh, but I hold that in the same space as like how witty and charming, attractive he is. 
I think the thing about like when I was watching it, I was about the same age as Rory. And I was just, again, putting myself in her shoes. Imagine being wooed by someone like that. And I would just be swept off my feet, even if I thought he was an asshole, which he is. Uh, we Once we get there, we can talk about character development, season six and seven, whatever. How it's like one of the more stable relationships Rory actually has within the original show, surprisingly enough. But... Um, yeah, that's all I'll say. Oh, also, like, it's a breath of freaking fresh air because her and Logan start to hook up right after the darkest Dean relationship that is just, I, like, sure, Logan is an asshole. There's so many problems with him, but, like, the way he comes after that Dean stuff is just, like, thank Mm -hmm. God, thank the Lord we've moved on. (laughs) Yeah, that's def- that was definitely, like, the worst, <laughs> the worst segment. Mm-hmm. I am Team Jess for all the reasons you stated earlier. I, but yeah, when I was in high school, I was, like, a super introvert, as I still am, but a rebel as well, I like mm-hmm. to think. <laughs> and Jess would have been, like, he would have been one of my friends. I understand he has a lot, especially in the first like, when he first comes into the show, he has a lot of anger and stuff that he needs to work through. And he has a very justified reason for being as fucked up as he is. I forgot whether we're uh, a no-cursing show or not. That's why I said said freaking earlier. I don't usually say that, but I wasn't sure either. (laughs) We'll discuss after. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, he has a justified reason for being so messed up, but... I don't know, especially as his character progresses throughout the years. I feel like he matures more than any other character, basically, including Luke, Lorelai, and Rory. Um, he changes the most, and I just, I, yeah, I like him. He does... He could easily also, in the later years, fall into that, like, kind of poet boy... Uh, characteristic that I find very annoying but he's a poet in like a punk kind of way so it's a bit more forgivable I guess yeah no at one I wondered if like would he ever become like that guy in your MFA class you know (laughs) but I don't think he would be because as you said he's punk and there's like substance to him as well there's this like deep interior life that you're right. He definitely changes a lot for the better. It's true. And I, like, we're both fairly anti-Dean, I think, but we'll try and give him, you know, proper treatment in the first, the first couple seasons. Although, you know, at some points he's just irredeemable. I mean, he's tall, so that's a good point, I guess, for him. <laughs> Is it a personality, tallness? We will investigate as we watch. But, yeah, for all for any Dean fans listening, first of all, please feel free to contact us and, you know, plead the case for Dean. We'd love to hear it. Mm-hmm. But, yes. yeah, we're going to try to do our best to watch with open eyes. If at the end of the day our biggest complaint is he's a bit boring uh, and then, yeah, a bit irredeemable later, like, <laughs> we'll see what we can do. We'll see what kind of opinions we form as we're looking, mm-hmm. like, to recap in detail, in a way that we haven't before. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a favorite 
character besides, you know, we don't just care about the boyfriends here. We care about other characters. Do you have any other favorites? I have a number of favorites. And it, it definitely depends on the episode. And I feel like I've had different answers for this in the past. But I think... Let's see. At the very beginning, I'd have to say, like, Babette and Miss Patty are some of my favorite characters. Lane is always a favorite character. And Paris. Mm-hmm. As well. Especially, yeah, Paris, as time goes on, is just an amazing character. <laughs> who are who are your favorites? I have a lot of overlap. I ha- I'm also a big fan of Lane and Paris as um, something of like a theme I really enjoy either reading or watching is like female friendships. So mm-hmm. the, the fact that Rory has two such interesting close friends who change a lot throughout the series uh, is really fun to watch. I think I would rather be friends with Lane myself, but yeah. in terms of a character, <laughs> Paris is just like, I love to, what a character. Like we'll talk a lot about Paris, but uh, she was one of, like, the few, like, such a positive part of the revival for me, actually, was the focus on Paris there. Mm-hmm. Also, um, if you asked me when I was younger, I would say Rory was actually a favorite character of mine. And now, if you ask me right now, <laughs> um, I've had a renewed interest in Emily, actually, uh, oh, yeah. as, the you know, uh, just a wonderful character, too. So, um, but, yeah. of course, like, it might... I mean, just the Lorelai and Rory relationship, rather than necessarily, like, characters, but relationship is just so fun to see every time mm-hmm. I watch. It's just so unique, so, um, so it's such a different way to think about the roles that, like, mothers and daughters play and, like, the relationship they have with each other that you don't see, even still, like, in, there are other shows that do it, but this was like really it's a really standout example of a really cool take on mother and daughters yeah yeah i agree and like adding emily into the mix with a totally different mother-daughter dynamic yeah Mm -hmm. i also love suki and jackson i think theirs is my favorite relationship maybe (laughs) Mm -hmm. or my favorite romantic relationship i should say are there any episodes or storylines that you remember really liking that you're looking forward to getting to recap you mentioned the grace bridge dinner did you have any others i think that's the episode i'm most looking forward to i also just love like the whole town hating jess portion of his early years and i'm really looking forward to getting into that and like kind of tearing down all the weird classist prejudices that the town has that they like put on poor Jess who's just a teenager trying to live I mean he is kind of an asshole too though so (laughs) Mm -hmm. this is a really interesting show for like class analysis and the ways that um how the show represents class can be we could say positive in some ways with like the Lorelai storyline, uh, but it can also be so negative, but in a way that is like good to analyze, like it's fruitful for our analysis. But then it also, <laughs> and it just has so much class in it, uh, like upper class bullshit stuff that just goes unchecked by the show, but 
we will be checking it. We will be calling it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are your, your yeah. favorite episodes? A few of my episodes I really like. I don't. We're not going to get to them for a while, <laughs> actually. Um, so it's something to look forward to. Do they have Logan to. in them? Uh, some of them do. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> you jump, I jump, Jack, with like the Life and Death Brigade is such a fun episode, even though we were just a second ago talking about like class privilege and whatnot. What a, we can talk so much about that once we get to Yale, Logan, Life and Death Brigade, all of that stuff. Um, but that is the first episode where you also get, um, you're starting to realize Roy and Dean are about to break up. So it's mm-hmm. like, woo! Uh, Finally. <laughs> but earlier on, I really, some of the more iconic episodes are ones that I'm looking forward to. So like, a tisket, a tasket is so fun with the picnic lunch yeah. um, that has Jess in it too. Uh, Lorelai's graduation, actually. Uh, oh. Like, I can, even thinking about it now, I could like tear up at that shot where like Emily and Richard are in the audience and when they see her walk across the stage, it's just so sweet. So proud. It's like just a moment in time where their relationship is just, it's good for that moment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think, I don't want to say too many more, but the They Shoot Gilmores, don't they? The one with the dance marathon. Oh, yeah. Another one with Jess. Yeah, and that's good. (laughs) So, yeah, those are some of my episodes I like. In general, even though I don't know if the quality of the show is as good in the Yale years, we can debate that, Mm -hmm. and we'll see how we feel when we rewatch it. I always look forward to it because... Uh, I don't know I guess I'm just like a a nerd I love I love college I love grad school I as I have a complicated relationship with academia now that I'm in it but when I was younger I was so either like before I was in college or while I was in college or even after I just have like either I was looking forward to it or now I have nostalgia for it it's just something that really interests me so I do look forward to the Yale stuff I can't help it (laughs) we should move on to our last topic I think so this is we've already talked about our love for Gilmore Girls of course but what about podcasts what's your relationship with podcasts what kind of made you feel like you know enough about the medium to (laughs) decide to start a podcast yourself or ourselves I actually listened, I started listening to podcasts a couple summers ago when I had a job that was basically data entry. So it was like, um, I'm using my, I was only using a small portion of my brain, let's just say, (laughs) to input all of this information. And I wanted to be like entertained or intellectually stimulated while I was doing that kind of monotonous work. So I started to listen to podcasts at that point. And before that, I had not really, I didn't get podcasts at all before that. And I think it was because I hadn't found one that pertained to my interests. I thought they were a bit boring. Like, it made me think of when I was really younger, my dad's driving us around in our minivan, listening to NPR, and that could not have just bored me anymore. (laughs) Um, So I had to find what interested me, and it was pop culture related podcasts. So 
I like to listen to podcasts like um, related to books like Harry Potter and the Sacred Text or related to TV shows like um, shout out to Glee Wind who recap Glee in a way that is like so full of love and passion and then also just kind of like hate or just that really and the eye for the critical of like critiquing the show in a way that inspires me for what we can do here. Um, and then, of course, on to reality TV. I listen yes. to quite a lot. Uh, Suzanne and I both listen to a lot of Bachelor fa- Bachelor podcasts as well. So yeah, Arguably too many. <laughs> arguably too many. Uh, oh, and uh, in the vein of Gilmore Girls, I would be remiss to mention that I would be remiss if I didn't mention that I have listened to Gilmore Guys, which is like the celebrity podcast (laughs) of the Gilmore Girls recapping area. So they inspired me as well to realize you can start to recap a show that is 21 years old and other people are still doing the same thing. So as far as like how that's prepared me to start a podcast, it's been a lot of absorbing of the genre, I would say, and now trying to apply it, which has been a challenge, but it's been really exciting to think about, like, what are things I like in other podcasts that we can try to do here? It's been a really fun, creative outlook. We do a lot of academic work. We do a lot of teaching, a lot of that kind of thing. So it's been fun to apply, like, this analytic but also creative side to our own project make something that's ours and for fun uh and see where it goes but yeah how about you and podcast Suzanne I 100% agree with what you were just saying I I also just started listening to podcasts maybe like three or four years ago um I had gotten into audiobooks for a while um and then I was people kept talking about podcasts and I kept being like no that's not my thing (laughs) and then Finally, I started listening, I think I listened to, um, what was my first podcast? Actually, probably Harry Potter and the Sacred Text was also one of my first podcasts. And then, oh, actually, no, I think it was Two Black Girls, One Rose, which is a Bachelor recap podcast. Um, and I absolutely love them. I still listen to them. And I think they were my first podcast because at that time I didn't know any other people who were obsessed with The Bachelor and I wanted to get some other you know people's opinions um little did I know I was heading down a long road with that (laughs) but now I listen to a lot of different kinds of podcasts um and yeah I agree I think like just listening to so many has given me a good idea of what I like what I would want to do in podcasts myself. Um, and I'm pretty excited. I feel like we were both super organized people. And I think that we can bring our all of our different skills to this. And I'm excited to, yeah, see where it goes. Yeah, we're emulating some of the greats, I think. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> I also wanted, I wanted to ask you a bit about your pop culture interests as well. Um, sorry, this is going a bit out of order, but I have you. So we're we're basic, we're recapping Gilmore Girls because we're longtime fans. Uh, have you been a fan of other 
shows, be that like TV, movies, books, like involved in any fandoms? Because I think by recapping a show and making a podcast, we're definitely like stepping into the Gilmore Girls fandom in a really active way that we haven't before. Have you had experiences with other fandoms that can either like inform your experience with Gilmore Girls fandom now or just illustrate like your love for pop culture? Yes, um, I have, I think, very varied interests, to be honest. And my other, the other fandoms that I've really been a part of over the years, obviously Harry Potter was a huge thing growing up, and I was a huge Harry Potter fan. I still am a Harry Potter fan, um, even though J.K. Rowling has made that extremely hard to keep uh, loving, Um, but it it definitely impacted me a lot, and I was definitely part of that fandom growing up. I uh, have dabbled in fan fiction writing. Um, I also have been a huge uh, Lord of the Rings fan ever since I was a kid. That's actually what got me into uh, medieval studies. And I also, like, I was such, I'm such a Lord of the Rings fan that I studied abroad in New Zealand for a semester as an undergrad went on all the Lord of the Rings tours and everything. Um, So those are two that I've been obsessed with for basically, yeah, my whole life since I was a child. Otherwise, I mean, I I watch a lot of TV and I intake a lot of media. Um, And yeah, my my interests are all over the place, honestly. Um, At one point when I was in my early 20s, I decided to stop pretending that I liked things I didn't like and didn't like things that I didn't like so now um yeah I'm allowed to like The Bachelor and Lord of the Rings you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) what about you? I love that (laughs) I I've I've adopted a similar philosophy later on in life like I like there's no guilty pleasures for me it's Mm -hmm. just pleasures you know and there's I don't there's no need to feel guilty about what you like Mm -hmm. uh yeah, I in terms of fandoms, I've had some of my experiences as well. I was also in the Harry Potter fandom. I don't know if I would say I was in it. I don't know if I'd say I'm in it right now. I think I'm taking a hiatus <laughs> for similar reasons that you mentioned. I don't think my love for it will be able to go away, but I'm taking a break from it as a kind of reckon with everything that is, well... I don't really want to reckon with J.K. Rowling anymore. Like, I tried for a while. Now I just want to forget she exists and not give her money ever again. And then we'll see where we go from there. But that was one of my first fandoms. That was my first experience uh, with... um, Well, I mean, first, like, this is... I remember the first, like, reading the first Harry Potter book as being when I would... I realized, like, oh, I can read things that are beyond like Junie B. Jones. <laughs> I was I was pretty young when I started reading Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all the way out yet. I think maybe the fifth book was out when I started to read, but I remember when they would come out. Um, when the seventh book came out, I read it in like a single day. I was yeah. just like, I read for like 12 hours. I was <laughs> obsessed. I read fan fiction. Like I had t-shirts, like so much I went to Midnight Movies, uh, airing, yeah. you know. It was a huge yeah. deal. The days. <laughs> the days. By the way, a podcast shout out. Um, if you love Harry Potter and are similarly struggling with it, but still kind of want to hear what people are saying about it, 
mm-hmm. I'd suggest listening to The Gaily Prophet. Um, the two hosts are queer and they bring their perspectives to Harry Potter and uh, follow them on Instagram. They have a great guide to firing J.K. Rowling, which I think is wonderful. They're just a great podcast overall. I love them. That's awesome. I lo- Yeah, definitely continuing to support other people, but not J.K. Rowling, I mm-hmm. think is important. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> other fandoms I've been in. Um, I loved Twilight when I was younger. That was a thing during, you know, junior high and high school for me. <laughs> um, that one might still be a guilty pleasure. No. <laughs> yeah. um, I still watch all those movies. <laughs> yeah, I have. And what I love, too, is, like, watching them, knowing who Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson are now. Like, Kristen Stewart is, like, super queer and awesome. Both of them so alternative and edgy. Uh, to watch it again, like, Kind of, like, with that in mind for Bella and Edward, it's just so amazing knowing that it's, like, this Mormon writer. <laughs> and, um, yeah. It's a new fun way to approach it. Um, but the last fandom I would highlight is Glee. Oh, my. Talk about love to hate and hate to love. Um, wow, I was super into Glee when it was airing. I saw them on tour. I was on... Tumblr, that was my, like, big Tumblr experience was with Glee. A lot of, like, fan fiction, fan art, all of that kind of stuff. Like, all of the blogs for speculating, for, like, listening to the new songs the day before they came out. Well, it was new songs on Fridays, and then the episodes would be out a few days later. Um, But I was, I just loved it, and I've missed being in a kind of fandom since then mm-hmm. I'm not really in one right now I would say uh but I have dabbled in fan fiction as well for Glee and Gilmore Girls more recently actually but probably not gonna share that <laughs> well um, not yet at least no but I'm ob- I'm just obsessed with watching tv I watch so much even more than movies I'm more of a tv person than a movies person um so I, one of the, and something both of you and I were involved in was a Harry Potter reading group based on, mm-hmm. like, the model of Harry Potter in the sacred text, which was really about, like, going back to the roots of where our love for that series began and, like, love for reading in general and having, um, like, a reflective sort of book group that um, now is, like, making me think, like, oh, that could have been a sign that a podcast would be in the works for us, you know, (laughs) down the lines, because if that, it was similar to something you would do in a podcast, like, read a chapter Mm -hmm. per week and, yeah, reflect on it, things like that, so. Yeah. I love pop culture. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, cool. I think, do we have any last words? Do you think this is good for our trailer introduction to ourselves i think we're good yeah okay um in that case look out next tuesday october 5th for our first recapping show and remember it's going to be a jumbo episode so it's going to be the pilot and then the uh episode after that which i think is um the lorelei's first date at chilton um so look forward to that uh follow us on instagram you can rate us on Spotify or on Apple I, uh, Podcasts. Um, 
You can always also email us at talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com. And we really look forward to hearing from all of you. Um, Feel free to add your favorite episodes or anything like that um, in our comments on Instagram. And we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, talk then. I waved as if they could see me. (laughs)